the teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on the will of God. The will of God, that's yep. right. You know, when we put this program together, we frame the question, what does God want from me anyway? And for anyone who's serious about their spiritual path, you know, this is a pretty essential question. Well, hmm. it sure is. And, and the reason is simple. Like you said, Tom, if, if we're serious about following a spiritual path, we want to do God's will. So yeah. naturally, we need to do or we need to know what it is. Yeah. And we didn't mean to make the question sound strident by hanging the anyway at the end of it. That word is there to illustrate a point. With so much stimuli bombarding us these days, it can be hard to differentiate among the messages we receive both from within and without. And try as we might, we may not always be able to discern the will of God amidst all the racket and the clatter. Which, after we've made a mistake or two, perhaps thinking we'd successfully perceived God's will, we discover that we really hadn't. Well, then, at that point, we're liable to ask, with maybe just a little hint of exasperation, (laughs) what does God want from me anyway? Well, I think that first (laughs) we must realize that God wants us to be like him. Yeah, I'd say that's a very good place to start. You know, a bit of a tall order. Yeah, well, (laughs) it, it can seem so. But I would ask the question, don't we all really know what's right from wrong? (laughs) In our heart of hearts, I think we always do. Okay. Now, everything that's right is godly. Everything that's wrong is not. (laughs) So being like God can simply mean being good. Yeah, pretty simple, but I get your point. The will of God is good. And that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) The will of God is good. Now, making a simple statement like this doesn't mean it's necessarily (laughs) simple in practice. Well, anyone who wasn't born yesterday would probably agree with you there, Terry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, being good isn't easy no. because we have often uh, we're often conflicted and tempted to ignore what we know is right in favor of what we want, even though we we may know it's wrong. Well, you know, we do have free will after all. God's greatest gift to His children. Indeed, we do. And free will is a powerful tool that must be used wisely because we always have a choice. We always do. And every choice has consequences. Some good, some not so good. You know, I can remember feeling that very clearly when I used to smoke cigarettes. And it didn't take a rocket surgeon to explain to me that smoking was not a good idea, but I did it anyway. I chose free will. I'm sure we could spend all day cataloging instances when we chose to do the opposite of what we knew was right. Well, true, we probably could, but you know, there's a much higher point to be made here. The will of God is within each of us. It isn't something we have to seek high and low to find. It's right here, inside us, right now. And remember, we said earlier that the will of God is good. And as you just said, the will of God is within us. We can think of the will of God as our inner blueprint. Mm -hmm. It is is literally the design of our soul. And when you put what we spoke of a moment ago about knowing the difference between right and wrong into the context of our inner blueprint— Suddenly, our decisions take on a whole new and deeper level of meaning. And this is a really important point, because we're talking about honoring the will of God and accepting our inner blueprint. And if we're not honoring the will of God, we may well be rebelling against our personal soul design. Uh, In other words, we are rebelling against our true self. And Jesus has taught us that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So when we ask, what does God want from us anyway, beyond the good that he wants for us? He wants us whole. And the will of God will always lead us closer to our true identity. 
On the spiritual path, the will of God is where we must start because dedication to the God's will is necessary before we can attain the disciplines on, on the other rays. You know, I'm glad you brought up that concept of rays. Um, we've spoken before of the ascended masters who are the Chohans or lords of the seven rays. You know, let's run them down again so our listeners who may be unfamiliar with this concept can gain a little background. First, we have the ray of devotion to the will of God, which we are focusing on today. And the Chohan of this ray is El Moria. This ray is called the first ray, and its signature color is blue. And incidentally, Tom, El Moria is the founder of the Summit Lighthouse, and he is the guru and teacher of our messengers, Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. El Moria embodies the qualities of the father principle, statesman, executive, ruler, and represents the godly attributes of courage, power, self-reliance, faith, and initiative. And in our upcoming interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, we're going to hear a lot more about El Moria, so make sure you stay with us for that. Okay, moving on, we have Lord Lanto, who is the Chohan of the second ray, the Illumination ray, and the color associated with this ray is gold and yellow. Lord Lanto is one of the 144,000, those great souls who volunteered to accompany Sanat Kumara on his mission to save the Earth. At that time, our planet had grown almost devoid of light, and the 144,000 came to rekindle the flame of life and God, saving mankind from almost certain destruction. Yeah, and Lord Lanto is dedicated to the perfectionment of the evolutions of this planet through cosmic Christ illumination. And the golden flame that he bears is also charged with the momentum of God victory for the youth of the world. Now, the ascended master Paul the Venetian, known in his final embodiment as the great painter Paolo Veronese, is the Chohan of the third ray. This is the pink ray of divine love, and Paul sponsors the ascended master culture for this age and works with all who desire to bring that culture forth on behalf of mankind. The culture of the Ascended Masters is the, is the keystone in the pyramid of the Golden Age, for they have said that it is through culture that mankind will respond to spiritual truths and the Ascended Masters' teachings. And it is through divine expressions of art, culture, and beauty that we can experience the real meaning of love. Serapis Bay is the Shohan of the Fourth Ray, the Ascension Ray, and the White of Purity is associated with this ray. The Fourth Ray is the Ascension Flame and the White Light of the Mother in the base of the Spine Chakra. Out of this white light comes architecture, the principles of mathematics, and the foundations of the pyramid of self. Now, the fifth ray is the ray of healing and truth, and the chohan of this ray is Hilarion, and the signature color of this ray is green. Hilarion, in a previous embodiment, was the Apostle Paul. He sponsors teachers of truth, servants of God, religious leaders, and missionaries, as well as those practicing the healing arts, mathematicians, musicians, and in addition to those specializing in computer and space technology. Hilarion is truly an amazing master. Well, as are they all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and as Hilarion embodies the flame of truth, he specifically amplifies the truth of the message to uh, to all of uh, all of you that you can do the works that Jesus Christ did. Mm -hmm. You can become the fullness of that Christ which he became. That's right. Now, the Chohan of the sixth ray, the ray of peace, ministration, and service, is the Lady Master Nada. The sixth ray's colors are purple and gold. From Nada, we learn the practical application of love and the path of personal Christhood through ministration and service to life. Now, the seventh ray is the ray of the violet flame, the freedom flame. And naturally, the color is violet, and the Chohan is Saint Germain himself, Mm -hmm. hierarch of the the age of Aquarius, I should say. (laughs) It is Saint Germain who initiates our souls in the science and ritual of transmutation through the violet flame. You know, and of course, we cannot forget that there is also an eighth ray, which represents all the rays and the law of the one. This ray is governed by the hierarch of all the rays, the Maha Chohan, who is a representative of the Holy Spirit. 
Mahachohan means great Lord, and he initiates our souls in preparation to receive the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there you have it, folks, a brief <laughs> Lords of the Seven seven Rays Primer. <laughs> and we understand from it that El Moria, who is the Chohan of the first ray, the ray of dedication to the will of God, is the ascended master we should turn to when we need clarity about God's will for us. Exactly right. El Moria is the master who will keep, who will help us to regain our spiritual wholeness as we travel the path back to the heart of God. You know, ultimately, all of us who desire to make real progress on the path to our ascension will have to come to the point of surrendering to the will of God. We can't hold anything back. Some feel that surrendering to the will of God means the death of the self, but in reality... It means life because it expands and heals the self, uniting it once again to the source of all life. Well, that's right. When we surrender to the will of God, we don't forget who we are. Quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. We remember who we truly are. You know, at this time, we'd like to share an excerpt for you from the book, The Path to Your Ascension by Anise Booth. It's titled, Surrender to the Will of God, and without further ado, here it is. Surrender to the Will of God. Surrender is one of the most misunderstood initiations on the path to the ascension. Millions of souls truly want to surrender their will to the will of God, but they don't know how. They don't know where to begin. Sweet surrender to the presence of God is initiated, first of all, in the will. The will is the key whereby the human self has its say. You have willed lesser images. You have willed imperfections. You have willed subservience to others and to the world order. You have closed your eyes to the truth of God that stands glaringly apparent, even to a child. The aspect of will is vital to our freedom in the ascension. A certain part can be accomplished by decrees and by the violet flame, but the will, the conscious will, must be an integral part of the process. For the ascension is a do-it-yourself project. Surrender to God is not death. It is life. It is beauty. It is hope. It is the wings of the mind borne upward into the airiness and lightness of celestial realities. See the will of God as omnipresent and complete, the holy beat of the sacred heart throbbing within your own. Know and understand that surrender is not oblivion, but a point of beginning and of greater joy. The will of God is good. The Brotherhood has told us that we will hear intoned in all the retreats the mantra, not my will, not my will, not my will, but thine be done. We can even make it echo to the rhythm of our steps as we walk down the street. We may let the mantra just flow through our mind thousands of times a day, flooding our subconscious and unconscious mind. Know that thousands of ascended masters are also repeating this mantra with us. El Moria personifies the will of God, for he has become one with that will. If you sincerely want to know how to become one with it also, call to El Moria when you go to bed at night, ask him to place his electronic presence over you as you sleep. Say, Beloved El Moria, I want to know God's will. I want to know how to surrender. Another way to surrender to the will of God is just to ask God to take command of your life. Talk to him, saying, Father, I surrender my will to you. Paul said, I die daily. That is exactly what it takes. We don't pass a test just once. God tests us again and again. Remember, it's not a one-time surrender. Every day and every hour we can submit into the fire of the will of God our desires, our dreams, our plans. If they do not turn out to be God's will, 
allow them to be consumed in the flame. Let the flame transmute all that is not the will of God. Then let God give the transmuted energy back to us. Examine it and see the diamonds of the will of God that we have been given. The will of God is a security beyond belief, beyond faith, and even beyond manifestation, for it is the solemnly beautiful beaming of the tenderness of the Father's care for His children. It is the strength of the right arm of the Almighty. It is the fire of His devotion and the best gift to His children. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. You're now, welcome. when we return, we will hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet speaking about El Moria, who he is, who he was, what he means to us today, and more. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And who is El Moria? <laughs> who was he in past lives? And what is he doing on behalf of Earth's evolutions today? In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet examines the life and service of the great ascended master, El Moria, including the special emphasis he places on the true role of government and its relationship to higher consciousness. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We've barely touched on the subject of El Moria. Can you tell us a bit more about him? El Moria is probably one of the great saints of the church in his devotion to Jesus Christ. And yet he was embodied as Akbar the Great, the master who founded the Mughal Empire in India and was the greatest of all its rulers. His policies were considered to be among the most enlightened of his time. 
He was a superb organizer and administrator of conquered territories. He introduced many reforms, put an end to extortion, increased trade, and showed tolerance toward the many religious faiths of India. We see here, then, the weaving in and out of the soul of a great devotee of God in the paths of East and West. And we take special note that in each of his incarnations he is perfecting the diamond of the will of God within his soul through God government, through the vision of community which he wrote in his utopia as Thomas More, in his devotion to the will of God before man in both incarnations as Thomas Becket and as Thomas More. Coming even to the birth of Christ as Melchior was the fulfillment of his longing to serve that will. Finally, he was known and loved as the Irish poet Thomas More. Among his many ballads, the best remembered is Believe Me, If All Those Endearing Young Charms. The tenderness of the works of Thomas More show the heart of one devoted to the will of God. The intense love that must be the other side of this fiery devotion and authority of the first ray man or woman. We find then that those who are the ones who have the greatest power of God as rulers have in their souls the gift of poetry and the flow of love as a sweet balance to their immense power. In his final embodiment, Mori was in India. In the latter part of the 19th century, he was born a Rajput prince. Known as Al Moria Khan, he worked closely with Kathumi Dwal Kul, and he attempted to acquaint the West with the reality of the invisible world and the teachings of the law and hierarchy through the theosophical movement. He was known as the Master M, and Kathumi was known as the Master K.H. or Kutumi. Since his ascension in about 1898, Moria has worked tirelessly with St. Germain in the cause of world and individual freedom. To that end, he has given many dictations and many lectures on the true teachings of the Christ and what they mean for us in this age. Among these is his book, The Chila and the Path, which can be secured by our listeners by a phone call or writing to us. In this book, he writes, Until men recognize the darkness, they do not reach for the light. Thus the grossness of materialism and of a mechanistic civilization continues unchallenged. To challenge men must have a sword, and the sword is the sacred word of truth to this age. The Darjeeling Council is a unit of hierarchy. I am its chief. Numbered among those who deliberate in our chambers are Saint Germain, Mary the Mother, Jesus the Christ, the Master Kuthumi, Chananda, the great divine director, Lord Maitreya, and the ascended master Godfrey. Assisted by many unascended chilas, we serve the cause of the will of God among humanity, in the governments of the nations, in the economic councils, in the social strata, in the institutions of learning, and above all in the diamond hearts of the devotees. Almoria is explaining here the interaction of hierarchy. Hierarchy is simply the succession of masters and their disciples, which exists and has always existed in the very scheme of things as souls have made their way godward. 
There are in this hierarchy then ascended masters, those who have become one with God through the acceleration of consciousness, and then there are their disciples who yet remain in embodiment, people like you and me, who are called chilas, from the Sanskrit chita. Chila means servant or disciple. We as the disciples of the masters interact with the masters to work for the cause of light and freedom on earth. In the Darjeeling Council Chambers, which are located in the Temple of God's Will in Darjeeling, Chilas may journey out of the body in the etheric sheath or the etheric vehicle. And so, while we sleep at night, our souls take leave, and we do go to the retreats of the Brotherhood that are most fitted to our soul evolution. Therefore, we may have a recollection when we awaken in the morning of being among these great teachers, our elder brothers and sisters on the path who are showing us the way. El Moria, who is greatly concerned about the condition of government and freedom on earth, came forth to train Mark Prophet as his messenger. And then he appeared to me in Boston and called me to be a messenger also. And so he writes of this experience in his book. He says, Those who see the crumbling of the old order look for the new. The path of chilaship or discipleship is the way of transition. For those who would arrive at the station of the new cycle, we provide answers and a formula, and there is no turning back. In those in whom selfishness has not marred the vision of the new day, there is the burning desire to be free and to make that freedom available to all. Such was the purpose of the Darjeeling Council in the founding of the Summit Lighthouse in Washington, D.C. in 1958. With humble beginnings, yet with a torch of our trust passed from God, and anchored in the heart of a band of devotees, we built our organization, an outer arm of the great white brotherhood, a forum for the will of God, a focus for the purity of its fiery core. I should explain that the great white brotherhood is that order of ascended masters that has existed for thousands upon thousands of years, and it is the association of ascended masters and their embodied chilas. The term white refers to the white light of the aura in all of those who are its members. It is the crystallization of the Christ consciousness, the halo of the saints. We find then that it is no reference to race whatsoever, and that whether black or white or eastern or western, Chinese or Indian, all can be and all indeed are a part of the great white brotherhood who have made their calling and election sure. Moria writes, Mark Prophet and later his twin flame, Elizabeth, was trained by me to be a messenger for that hierarchy of adepts, composed of all who have graduated from Earth's schoolroom with honor. These are they who have mastered the laws of their own karma and by the pursuit of the Buddhic light have been thrust from the wheel of rebirth. These are the ascended ones whose souls have been lifted into the glory of the life, universal and triumphant. By their striving on the way, by their excellence in self-discipline, and by the grace of Christ, they are the overcomers. Does El Moria have anything to say about the way government is being handled today? El Moria is very concerned with government on earth, and he will work with 
and inspire all who are likewise concerned. Of course, he believes in government of the people, by the people, and for the people, but he tells us that those who have the right to rule are those who have exalted the threefold flame in the heart. Those who have the greatest amount of attainment in the Christ consciousness are those who have the authority of the Christ. It is the coming of the reign of the Prince of Peace for which Almoria is preparing us, and this reign he explains to be the advent of the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the kindling of our own self-awareness in that Christ and our oneness in the service with Jesus. And therefore the reign of the Prince of Peace is the reign through the rule of those who have the light in the heart, no matter what their religion or following. They may be Buddhists, they may be Jews, they may be Muslims, but it is because they are dedicated to the light and the flame of God that gives them that essential ability to rule others who are working toward that very same discipline. The ideal that you describe seems very far removed from the reality that we know, Mother. Are there practical steps that can get us from here to there? The practical step is always the establishing of the self within the altar of being, within the consciousness of God. It is always the first step. Without God, we can do nothing, as Jesus taught us. I of mine own self can do nothing. It is the Father in me who doeth the work. This work of God through us is the only way we can deliver our nation and every nation into the hand of God. Almori has written a white paper from the Darjeeling Council table in which he discusses his views on politics right and left wing. His opening statement is one that I have cherished ever since he wrote it. He says, The orphans of the spirit are our concern. Those who, without the thread of contact with deity, remain wedded to an unwholesome environment. Those to whom the real purpose of life is never revealed. For the crystallization of their intellectual concepts and the hardness of their hearts rooted in selfishness, do not open the cosmic doorway to our domain. Moria and the Darjeeling Council provide us with the opportunity for conscious cooperation with the hosts of heaven so that we might lead our nation, our life, our community into God dominion, into the dominion, the true <coughs> dominion of the sons and daughters of God. This is what the coming revolution is all about. Sounds like they've got something in mind for all of us. <laughs> That's right, and it is direct participation in higher consciousness that will truly revolutionize America and every nation. Oh, now there's some food for thought. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by the one and only Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. 
And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. That's right, everyone. We are back. And joining us today to help us ponder the of God and answer our usual barrage of questions <laughs> is Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, Sid. Say, so Sid, uh, when we say that God wants us to be like him, do we mean that literally? Well, I think we have to understand that we are like him. God created us in, in, in his image. Mm-hmm. And that's always a little hard to understand because obviously we look at each other and we say, hope God doesn't look like this, right? <laughs> right. But, but the reality is, is radio. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have an I am presence, which is a portion of God that he has given to us. And that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And our path is literally to become one with our I am presence so that we can be like God in our fullest extent. But, you know, it's not just a carbon copy, so to speak. There's a uniqueness about our soul there's a uniqueness about the flame of God we are intended to carry. Mm-hmm. And so as we put on our Christhood and become with our one eye in presence, we are like God, and yet we are different. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in terms of God's will, is it appropriate that we make any kind of a distinction between God's will and, say, karma? Um, you know, if something unpleasant befalls us, it may be our karma at work and not necessarily the will of God. Well, I think, first of all, we have to remind ourselves that karma is an impersonal law. It's like the law of gravity. It mm-hmm. works. And we've got good karma and some not-so-good karma. <laughs> yeah. So those those cycles are going to unfold in our lives, and, and we can understand that, um, you know, because it's a law. Now, you put that in, in context with the will of God. Well, in many cases, there may be a block to us being the fullness of our God presence, and that block can be karma. Mm-hmm. So as a result... Because the will of God is that we return to God in the fullness of our being, and we can only do that when we balance our karma, therefore God allows this karma to come to us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's much better to be prepared for your karma than to be knocked over and and caught unexpectedly by it. And so God has given us the tools with the violet flame and other prayers to help mitigate that. But we must understand that we are required to balance this karma. And so it may seem hard at, at times, but you know what? Life is hard. And even if you don't embrace the will of God, you still got knocked around uh, a fair amount. <laughs> and I always thought, you know, 
well, if I'm going to go through this and life is not easy, yeah. why not do it with the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters and with claiming the will of God so that which I go through has a goal and a purpose oh. and I can get where I want to go and, you know, get some of the stuff behind me. Yeah. And that's what the path and that's what Mrs. Prophet was talking about in terms of being a disciple or a chilo of the Ascended Masters. It's the way of balancing your karma, embracing the will of God, and getting where we want and need to go. Oh, boy, you reminded me. I, I remember in my spiritual pride that I thought, no, it's okay. I can do it on my own, you know, kind of be the spiritual <laughs> lone ranger. And realizing that I was getting knocked around quite a lot <laughs> until I was like, wait a minute, I've got some friends who can help. These uh, ascended masters might be just the guys I need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on, this, on the subject of seemingly unpleasant things, uh, <laughs> God must test us so that we might prove ourselves worthy to receive his gifts and make spiritual progress. But if, if we understand the reason for the testing, then kind of like what you did, uh, reflected on there, uh, what once seemed unpleasant can become a welcome and joyful experience then, can it? Well, perspective is everything. Oh, and if you understand and claim the will of God for your life and hard times come to you, then you say, okay, there's a reason and a purpose for this. And so you embrace it and you deal with it. It doesn't mean it's not going to be unpleasant or difficult or hard. But what it means is you understand why you need to go through it, what you need to do to master it, and understand that you need to do the right thing. And as a result of that, you you embrace it and can get through it in a much quicker way. People that don't have that perspective often will become angry at God and yeah. shake their fist and mm-hmm. curse God. Well, they're cursing themselves when they do that. So understand that there are difficult parts of life. We're walking the path that Jesus walked and his initiation is not exactly the same way, but we have them. And they're mm-hmm. hard, but nothing good you know, ever comes that is easy. And so when you have this perspective and know that there is grace and mercy and love to get through this, then it is a whole new way of life. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've known people, um, perhaps I was one of them, where um, once you kind of get onto that, you go, okay, now I know why these things are coming and I can accept them with grace and gratitude rather than with anger. Then I, I, the tendency is to say, Okay, God, you can supersize that. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, wait a yeah. no, I don't know if I'd go there, <laughs> but I know, uh, I know. You don't, that's it. You don't want to do that. You know, God will bring us what we can handle. Yeah. And when we, because we have the violet flame now, we can handle much more than we could ever could before. Yeah. Because there is the the mercy of mitigation if we use it and claim it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's a question we hear quite a lot: When we surrender to the will of God, do we forget ourselves? I mean, do we lose our personal identity? No, of course not. We have a divine plan. And we have a divine plan to embody a unique aspect of the flame of God that is different from others. And when we embrace that, we become, that becomes our true identity in God. Our human ego can never inherit the kingdom of God. We can never master our human consciousness. We have to claim the identity that is our true identity mm-hmm. that God has created for us. And when we embrace that, we become an individual in God for all eternity. Versus a human ego that passes very quickly from the screen of life. Well, you make a great point yeah. that we are not here to perfect the human. We're right. here to become the divine. I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a real mystery, you know. Uh, and here we are. Maybe not anymore. Yeah. Well, as we are co-creators with God, then, doesn't this suggest that our, our will and God's will are really kind of one and the same? <laughs> That's a tricky one. Well, they should be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, was it Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way? Yeah, was right. that his song? Yeah. You know, and how many times in all our embodiments if we said, you know, that's interesting, God, but I have a better plan. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and, and whether it's overt or subtle, you know, God waits patiently for us to realize that our will doesn't work and that his will is the key not only to happiness, 
but also to our path and attainment and everything else. And for some of us, it's taken us a long time to learn that lesson. But when we've learned it, then we are ready to embrace the will of God, and we can have the trust and faith that as things come to us, it's what we need, it's the mastery we need to gain, yeah. it's the karma we need to balance. You know, I mean, this is, this is so obvious. So there's a, like a human will and there's God's will. There are these two different wills that are going on, and, and probably there's a lot of people that don't know that. Right. And, and, and understanding that I mean, you have to claim God's will and yeah. seek it. You know, I think Mrs. Prophet or one was a reading, I'm not sure which one, that said, you know, you have to say, God, I am returning to you my free will. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an act of courage, isn't Whoa. it? Yeah. It's a supreme gift, but it's an act of faith and trust that the God who loves us so deeply and so powerfully, more than we can ever know, will not bring anything to us that is not key to our own path or evolution or our growth. God wants us to be happy. Yep. And yeah. so... We have to have that trust and faith that the will of God is good, and it's a great freedom to turn that over to God. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, tr- yeah. I've tried running my life; I just haven't done that well, to tell you the truth. <laughs> right I'd much yeah. rather have God run it. Yeah. Well, you know, on, on that um, on that note, I think that um, that kind of underscores mankind's tendency to think that they can outsmart God. <laughs> you know, that they can find a way to justify working around His will. Isn't this a bit like what the fallen angels tried to do when they rebelled? You know, there are karma dodgers, and the fallen (laughs) angels are karma dodgers. They avoid their karma, and they run away from it. And we understand because they've rebelled against God, they're not going to return to God, and so they think, well, what have I got to lose? But for the people of God and the people of light, we can't be karma dodgers because Mm -hmm. it doesn't go away. It's always going to be there. And some people have avoided certain karmas for embodiments after embodiments after embodiments, and you know what? It, they can pretend and avoid it, but until they take their stand and said, with God's help, I'm going to stand, face, and conquer and balance this karma, it's going to keep coming back over and over <laughs> and over again. So yeah, and so, we, you know, what's the point? Yeah. You know, now is the time to take, with God's help and the tools we have given, and the courage and the presence and grace of God to face these karmas. And we know what it is. We don't run away from unpleasant situations. We do the right thing. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a penalty for abusing the notion of the will of God to get our own way? For example, using the God told me to do it rationale? <laughs> yeah. Well, when you look at what's done, quote unquote, in the name of God upon this planet, yeah. we know yeah. that it is a plot of the fallen ones to use that because they will justify any of their heinous deeds yeah. by, by saying, well, it's the will of God or this is what the teachings are. And we've got, you know, Muslims killing Muslims because they think it's the will of God and so forth and what Christians yeah. have done to Muslims in history and so forth. So uh-huh. obviously that's a, that's a trap that we can't allow ourselves to fall into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I'm sure it's abundantly clear to our listeners that we have a, a pension for returning to certain key topics, you know, fallen angels, co-creation with God, karma. You know, in this case, discussing God's will opens the door to an examination of his will in the context of reincarnation, specifically the demonstration of God's mercy in allowing us to come back again and again until we get it right. And here's the question. At some point, is it possible to run out of opportunity to do God's will instead of our own? In other words, how many times can we say no to God and the fulfillment of his will? Well, I don't know what the, the answer to that one is. So it's 14, isn't it? But, but, <laughs> but we do know that there is a cycle of opportunity for the soul. Yeah. It's a very long cycle, obviously, because we've been around, some of us, literally. Long uh, time. Long time. I don't even say how long. Yeah. Um, but there is a point when God respects our free will. And if the soul continues to reject the path of God and his will, 
then eventually we will run out of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And even if it's, and this, of course, this at this time, we, you know, of Armageddon and everything coming together and we understand it's such an important cycle, not only for the planet, but for our own individual souls. So the choices we make in this embodiment are pretty crucial. And, you know, there is a time that runs out, but even if it's not run out, it may be another 10,000 years before we get another chance like this. And you know what? I've been there, done that. (laughs) And I don't want to spend another 10,000 years, you know, Growing up and going through puberty and all this stuff again, I know the cycle of karma and rebirth. I mean, this junior, is the hour. Junior high school. This, oh is, my the, this is the day yeah. of salvation. You know, yeah. it's an acceptable day, as our dear Christian friends say. And and this is the time we yeah. got to seize the torch and do what we can. Yes, and also I want to just add really quickly for those literally minded listeners of ours out there, <laughs> we appreciate you. When I said fourteen, I was being facetious. <laughs> the number is unknown. It's yeah, probably a lot larger than that. Yeah. So so we're here by the grace of God to fulfill our divine plan. How? How do we know for sure what it is? Well, first of all, you have to ask God to show you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a reasonable thing to do, isn't it? And so uh, you ask God, and there are ways, and maybe when we come back after the break, we can talk about how you discern the will of God. Good. Yeah, you Great. just perceived what I was uh, looking at over here, too. We've got to take a break now, and when we return, we'll continue our discussion of God's will, free will, and more with Sidney Bennett. We hope that it is your will to stay with us. <laughs> The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. 
That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are back with Reverend Sidney Bennett for more discussion on the subject of God's will. Now, just before our break, we were talking about how do we know what God's will is for us. Anything more you want to add to that? Well, I would just say that first we have to accept there was a divine plan for our lives. God loves us so much that there was a plan that is conceived in the mind of God for our soul and where we need to go. And that seems very, and it is glorious, and yet our lives may seem very mundane. You know, we mm-hmm. have mundane jobs, we're trying to pay our bills, trying to, you know, do what we need to do and so forth. And yet understand that even in the context of this, there is a divine plan. And so we can pray, given where we are at this point in time and space in our lives and our karma and everything, what is the will of God? What is the next best thing for the will of God mm-hmm. to, if I want to embody that to I to do? Well, first of all, you have to ask God for that. Mm-hmm. And, and as Mrs. Prophet mentioned, you know, or when they're reading and so forth is not my will, not my will, but thine be done. You know, let that be a mantra on your lips wherever yeah. you go. So that, and I say in the morning, let nothing come into my life that is not God's will this day. Doesn't mean it's going to be an easy day, but it just says, right. I don't want anything that's not your will. Because otherwise, it's a waste of time, and who wants to do it anyway? Yeah. So we yeah. have to ask for that. There are also specific prayers and decrees we can give. There's a prayer at El Moria, the I am God's will that we can give. There's uh, the great divine director who holds the divine plan within his causal body. There's a novena we can give to him in the, in the senses like the Catholic churches has novenas to reveal to us. So there's a technique. There's a process. But first of all, accept that there is a will. There is a divine plan, and know you have to ask it. And it can just be a simple asking. God, may thy will be done this day in my life. Show me the next best step. Show me where I need to go. And sometimes if we don't get an answer, we just use our own Christ consciousness. What is the most practical next step I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about it, a lot of times it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'll come to you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, El Moria reminds us that God's will is a part of us, not apart from us. Uh, we don't have to go looking for God's will, do we? I mean, God doesn't play hide-and-seek with us, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we try to play it with yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do it to us. Yeah. No, the will of God is there for us to take and embrace. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, I was in Boston at a, a teaching center there, and we had a soul came in that was looking for El Moria, and he had gone to Darjeeling, India, oh to try gosh. and find El Moria. And, of course, his retreat is over Darjeeling in the etheric. It's mm-hmm. not in the physical there. Mm-hmm. And so he did this tremendous journey, and yet, the heart of El Moria was here. He didn't have to go there yeah. through the teachings and, and the books and so forth. If we will embrace it, embrace the will of God, we don't have to travel around the world. We have to look within. And we have to, you know, we have to do it. We have to, you know, put forth the effort and the call and the mm-hmm. prayer because God is waiting to answer us, but we have to make the call. Yeah. I've heard it referred to before as the journey without distance, mm, very which good. is a nice kind of concept. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking. <laughs> you know, saying that the will of God is good has an almost childlike quality to it. But as an affirmation, it is also a powerful tool for stilling the human mind and quieting the clamor of our human emotions, isn't it? Well, it, well, it is. And I think when we first, you know, the concept, oh, the will of God, gee, I want the will of God for yeah. my life. That's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we affirm that, and then things will come into our world that may not seem too good, may not seem too easy, and we think, is this really the will of God for me? And so when you make the statement, the will of God is good, it is an affirmation. It's a statement to yourself, to God, and to the world that I know these things I'm dealing with are tough, they're hard, and, you know, they're not pleasant. I don't really want them. Mm-hmm. But I have such faith and trust in the will of God that I will take them and do the best I can and know that my Father in Heaven would not bring me anything that I don't need to master or to gain or to get through. And, and just that affirmation, the will of God is good. 
is is very powerful. It's simple, but do that every day. Yeah. When you're saying, "Not my will, but thine be done," the will of God is good. Because we sometimes we need reminders. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally, I, I, I was just thinking about myself personally in, in 1958 when I was in high school. Uh, had I woken up and, and known that I was going to get with a get hit by a car that day, uh, I, I, <laughs> I might have tried to stay in bed, you know. But the will of God, you know, it just works in the most amazing ways. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it true, uh, Sydney, that when we meditate on the eternal will of God, we come to understand it as the fullest measure of divine love, really? You know, I, I do think that we don't even haven't touched the hem <laughs> of the garment of the love that God has for yeah. us. And we think, of course, being in the physical body and the physical plane, our concept of love is powerful and is true, but I don't think we have any idea of the bliss and the joy and the true care that God has for our souls. Because mm-hmm. you can forget when you're in physical embodiment sometimes. And so we do need to meditate on that. We need to understand that that is the ultimate truth. And we know that we've been taught that pain is the portal to bliss. And, you know, who would embrace pain? And yet if we understand that the pain, whether it's emotional, physical, or whatever it is, can be the way we return home to God, we can say what Jesus did, not, you know, let this cup pass from me, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, yeah. not my will, but thine be done. You know, I remember um, studying Buddha and Buddhism, and I think the Eightfold Path, um, part of that is all life is suffering. Mm-hmm. It's it's an orientation to life that it seems to be suffering. You mentioned this in back in our previous segment about a lot of it has to do with attitude. Sure, you know how how we look at something, how we frame it, how we choose to experience it, not just how it happens to be experienced, but we are constantly choosing. Right. I think it's a really important thing to realize that that's part of the power that we have is to frame an experience in a way that could be. From, from a grateful perspective rather than from a bitter perspective. And it's not self-delusion. It's, it's, it's really the truth and understanding yeah. the truth. And when we embrace the truth, but again, you have to ask for God's will. Otherwise, not everything that comes into your world is going to be God's will. Well, and we <laughs> have, we have to, as we talked in the past, we have to invoke the presence of Archangel Michael so that those forces that oppose God's will in our lives can't intercede. You know, just because something happens to us, it's not necessarily the will of God because we're vulnerable if we don't call to Archangel Michael for the protection of our families, ourselves, our nation, mm-hmm. and the people of God, you know. I, yeah. I mean, we see what tragedy happening every day. And if people knew about Archangel Michael and invoking his presence and his protection, a lot of these things would not have to happen. Yeah. Well, here's another, maybe a, a, a slant on this. Uh, you know, we've said now numerous times that God wants only the best for us. Um, what he's wanting us to basically realize is our immortal birthright, and he would never deprive us of our freedom to choose unless we voluntarily give it up. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's an interesting concept because God, you know, free will is so key to our ability to choose to become God. Yeah. And, you know, even after you're an ascended master, you still have free will. In other words, ascended masters, and many of the masters are still with the, with the earth and working with its evolutions, could have gone on to greener pastures, shall we say? And yet, it's not that easy working with this planet. I think you could understand that. <laughs> yeah. And yet, no, they, have, they have chosen yeah. of their own free will to stay here. But, yeah. but they have ultimate free will when they're ascended in God. Uh, here's an easy one, Sid. How do we make our human will one with the will of God? Well, um, come into alignment. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, they're not two separate things. I yeah. mean, embrace the will of God. Call for the will of God. Use, use these mantras every day. Not my will, not my will, not my will, but thine be done. Lo, I am come to do thy will, O God. Oh, that's a good The will of God is good. You know, talk to God. Embrace this. It's a daily activity. We choose life every moment of every day. 
on how we're going to live. And so you may have surrendered yesterday and chosen God's will, but that was yesterday. Today you have to reaffirm it and understand that that will will bring challenges, but with God's help and his grace. And now we have the violet flame, which other people didn't have in other embodiments. They had to face their karma naked, so to speak. Um, we have the violet flame to go before us. We invoke it every morning to help to mitigate that karma coming of the day. It doesn't mean we don't learn our lessons, but boy, it makes progress a lot easier. And it gives us the opportunity in one lifetime to balance more karma than would be humanly possible just through going through it in our daily experiences. And, and we, we get a new package of karma every day, every 24 hours. Is this true? Right. And the angels come in the morning. And they have a little package for us, and okay. it's our daily karma. <laughs> okay. And as long as we have karma, this is going to happen. And so get up, be ready for the karma, invoke Archangel Michael, use the violet flame, transmute as much as you can as possible. God still allows things to happen in our worlds because there's still lessons we need to learn, and yeah. karma is the most wonderful way to learn lessons. Indeed it is. Well, you know, before we take a break here to actually end our program, I want to point out that one of the books we've used today as a reference and for the excerpt that Terry read for us is titled The Path to Your Ascension by Anise Booth. You can find it at tsl.org slash bookstore, or go to Amazon, or ask for it at your favorite bookstore. Wasn't there another one, too, Terry, you wanted to mention? Uh, the Lords of the Seven Rays. That's right. Thank yep. you. Yep. Uh, that's another one, too, that you can find in a bookstore, The Lords of the Seven Rays by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And that's it. That's all the time we have this week. Um, I want to thank Sidney Bennett again for his always stellar contribution to our discussion. And it's not overstating the case to say that the teachings of the Ascended Masters are among the greatest gifts ever given to mankind. And we hope to do our small part to make them part of your spiritual journey. And you, dear listeners, (laughs) are the real reason for the program. Indeed you are. By your free will, you have chosen to tune in. And we are grateful. So please do it again. And until then, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out out of this world. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.